This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, let those fingers fly and hit that button. This is episode number 43, and in this episode, I sit down with Bobby Slattery of 50 West Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Bobby talks to me about the complications of partnership, how important it is to take a break from it all, and how he did everything in his power to keep as many of his workers employed during COVID by opening an old school burger stand. You know, as he was telling me this story, I couldn't help but feel that sweet Disney movie underdog type of vibe going on. And I gotta tell you, if this story doesn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside, I have to imagine you're either a cold-hearted mother, or you just haven't had enough to drink yet. So maybe it's time you sit back, you crack open a beer, or two, maybe three, and enjoy the podcast. I know I will. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is the Brew World Order Podcast, and today I'm with Bobby Slattery of 50 West Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. After Bobby Slattery graduated college in 2004, he had ambitions to move from Cincinnati to Chicago and start a new life there. A friend had told him about the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, and he thought it sounded like a fun idea for a job. But when he got to Chicago, he was offered a job doing event marketing with the Verizon Wireless Street Team. Both him and his new co-worker, Sarah Bibik, a Western Michigan University graduate, were given a Hummer truck and had them drive around the country on tour with Green Day. Their job was to put Verizon phones in people's hands at concerts and get them excited about it. As they traveled, Bobby started to see a bunch of breweries popping up along the way. At some point while in Michigan, Sarah tells Bobby he has to see Bell's Brewery and what they do there. It had sparked an interest for Bobby. After they finished their tour with Green Day, Bobby started managing for the same company but was now living in Chicago where he just got engaged to his wife. One day his father called him and asked him if he wanted to come back to Cincinnati and manage a restaurant that he had opened. Bobby moved back and began learning under the tutelage of Wei Chung Yi, who was the general manager at the time. After a couple of years, he felt like he really understood the hospitality industry and started to think about all the breweries that he had visited while traveling. He talked to two of his friends that knew how to brew beer, and they quickly started drafting up plans for opening their own brewery. From there, they got the ball rolling, and in November of 2012, they opened their doors as 50 West Brewing Company. And Bobby Slattery is here with me today. Bobby, how's it going? I'm Mike. I'm great. How are you doing? Very well. Very well. Thank you for being with me. Um, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So... How did you guys wind up coming up with the name for your brewery? Uh, for 50 West. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's actually like, so when you're, when, when you're, for anybody out there looking to start a brewery, um, the naming of your brewery is always like a really fun, um, it's, it's a fun and also like nerve wracking project because right. you, you spend all this time, you throw out all these ideas. Um, and then at the end of it, like you come up with it and I'll never forget, like when we, when we decided to do 50 West, I'll get into the story of how we had it, but, um, you kind of like for when you say it for the first time, you're like, you know, because everybody asks you like, well, what, what's it called? And, and you'll say like 50 West. And, and when you first say it, like you want to almost follow it up immediately with like, is that good? Do you like that? Like, yeah. Right. Right. How, how does that sound to you? Right. And now, you know, we've been in business since 2012. So, you know, it's nine years later and now 50 West is like a thing and it like means something to people. But right. the, the initial stages of it, it's so nerve wracking to say that out loud. And you're hoping that someone's going to say like, Oh, I like that. Or like, I give you approval. So, um, but yeah, so the name came from, you know, we, our brewery, um, the initial spot where we started, we have like a campus now. So it's not just, we have multiple buildings with all these different things going on, but the initial building we started, it was built in um, 1827 and it was a wealthy person's home. So like 
Abraham Lincoln supposedly has slept upstairs. It was like this crazy story. And, right. um, but out front, um, so we're looking at all these things that it could possibly be. And there's a road out front of our brewery and it's, it's, it's route 50. And, uh, we started looking at the history of route 50. I'm like, Oh my God, like this road literally goes all the way across the country, like ocean city, Maryland, all the way to California. And there's not a lot of, I think, the, I think there's 50 and maybe I think there's one other road just north that goes all the way across the country. And we, we love this idea that like we'd be able to name these beers after this road. And, and there was going to be all this adventure that could take place. Right. Um, we would always say like, um, our business was, was like a road trip. It's like, you know, where the final destination that you want to get to is, but you're not sure what's going to happen along the way. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we just, we love that. And, and, and the goal was like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to open this brewery. And then hopefully one day if we're successful, we'll be able to like take a right out of here and, and, you know, drive all the way to California. Um, and, you know, since then we've, we've done the trip. We, we, we actually bought a Volkswagen when we first started and the goal was to, to get the Volkswagen to drive that across the country. But we ended up catching that the first one on fire, um, just trying to go about 45 minutes North of, uh, to like an event. And so the idea of driving the Volkswagen across the country, uh, has sort of been put on hold. Um, maybe gotcha. one day, but for right now it's, uh, you know, we, we've done the trip in our own cars, but, but no, uh, no Volkswagen for now, but yeah, that's, that's 50 West and, and, you know, that's, that's where the name came from and, and, you know, ultimately, you know, what people know us as today. Right. So when, uh, you and your co-owners kind of got together and you were all deciding on opening the brewery, what was that like? What was that moment? when it kind of was like, all right, yeah, we're going to do this. I mean, I think we were like, we're doing this. Like it, it, there, it wasn't like, a, um, I don't know if there was ever like a, should we do it? Or maybe we should do it. It was just like, Hey, we're going we're to figure out how to make this happen. Right. Um, and I, I think the moment that stuck out where it was real was actually like, it was when we opened the doors and I'll never forget like the crowds just flocking in. And it was like, Oh my God, this is real. Yeah, like, this right. Is not, you know, I think at, at first, and, and like a lot of tap rooms, you know, when we first opened, I think we were open like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Like not open Monday through Thursday, you know, and then we weren't open during the day. And at first, it was sort of just this limited thing of sort of like, hey, we'll all kind of keep doing our jobs and we'll, we'll figure this out. And then when we opened the doors and the crowd showed up, it was like, oh my God, this is like a thing. Like we can do this. Right, right. Um, and so that, you know, uh, that was, I remember sitting down in a meeting probably after the first week and we were all like, all right, this is legit. Like we got to, we got to, we got to, we now we can't just do this three days a week. Like we got to figure out how to run with this and, and go. And, and uh, that, I think that was, that was when we knew we had something and then it just became like, how do we figure it out from there? Right. Yeah. That must've been a surreal moment for you. Uh, yeah. It, it was, it was awesome. I mean, I think it was special for all of us. And, and, yeah. Right. You know, to look back on it, what it is today. I mean, I think right now we employ, about like 120 employees wow. and, you know, back then it was, there was five of us. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean? It was, it's, it's, it's crazy to see how what's happened over the last nine years. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, so I know that moment must've been like surreal for you. Was there any other uh, moments that stand out for you that kind of pops out? Like that was the moment for you when you realized the business was, was going to take off. Yeah, I mean, I, that was the most, you know, in nine years, there's a lot, like this has been a roller coaster. So, right. You know, all the stuff we've gone through, you know, there are other moments, you know, when, uh, when you can't fulfill when, when the beer runs out. So like, I'll never forget our first father's day. So we have, I think we have 32 beers on tap of the ability to have that much. And our first father's day, we were down to, I think we had four beers available and we had a six beer flight. Wow. So all these, all these dads <laughs> showed up and it was like, Hey, you get four beers and the one you like the best, you can try twice. And, and it was like, 
and I, most breweries go through this. That's always like when somebody's starting a brewery, that's probably like one of the early things that it's like, Hey, you're not going to have enough beer. I don't care how much beer you say you have. Like everybody always runs out of beer. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that the father's day where it was like, Oh shoot, we gotta, we gotta figure out how to brew more beer. And then trying to figure that out and growing, you know, we started on a, a little 10 barrel system, uh, with four fermenters, four 10 barrel fermenters and, and one 10 barrel bright. And then we doubled that thinking that would be enough. And, you know, this year we'll probably net out. Uh, we're hoping that out around like eight, eight to 9,000 barrels, you know, so going from, you know, 500 to a thousand barrels a year to eight to nine, like we've come a long way, but there's all these little hurdles um, that you run into from running out of beer to, you know, when you can't fit the kegs in the cooler anymore, we used to run it. You know, when we first started, we would run um, all of our deliveries were out of my pickup truck. Um, the way we used to stack the cooler back in the day, like you laugh about it now, but we would, we would have kegs like four, four high stacked in this cooler and right. getting beer in now was like a nightmare. And, you know, we still deal with that, that struggle today, but it's on just a larger scale. But I think, it, you know, growing pains in breweries are always fun to look at because there's a lot of, uh, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of frustration, right? Like the people that are dealing with that, that problem when they can't, you know, Hey, there's not enough space and things like that. Like, um, you know, the frustrating at the time, but then you look back on it and you kind of laugh and, and you kind of almost miss it in some ways. Not that you want to go back and do it again, but you're kind of like, Oh, remember, you know, we're complaining about this. We used to have this other problem, which was way, way bigger. Right. Right. Yeah. So when you, when you first opened your brewery, like from the, actually from the moment when you guys were all talking about doing it to the moment you finally opened their doors, what do you, what do you think was the most challenging part for you as a whole? I mean, I know it's I know it's far back there, but any any no no no. <laughs> it was so weird when we opened. It just didn't seem like it. Like for whatever reason, it was it was fun. Like it was just it was just fun the whole time. Like it wasn't it, our biggest struggles. Like our biggest you know the biggest struggle I've ever dealt with in this business was COVID. Like COVID was the hardest thing I've ever had right. to deal with in my life. Right. Um, but but the opening of the business, the struggles were. Oh, it, it, we were, you know, at first it was like, Hey, we're we got to find tanks and we're driving all over, you know, the United States looking for tanks. And it, it was fun though. Like we'd go on a road trip and right. we'd drive to Virginia and then we'd go look at some guy's tanks and, and, you know, you'd ask him, you know, he'd sit there and drink a beer with you and tell you, and, and you know, part of you was like, well, why are you selling this? If <laughs> Why are you selling this? If this business is so good. Right. Yeah, uh, for sure. Right. But that, that part of it was not, not that hard. I mean, I think from a, um, we figured out our capital scenario pretty early on. Like we, we, we were able to use friends and family to help, help get that piece of it done. Okay. Um, and so there wasn't like a huge struggle as far as that goes. I think that, um, we probably should have been more aggressive. We should have been looking to raise more capital than we did. I would say that that's something that like hindsight 2020, we missed out on a little bit of opportunities just by not having enough money early on. Um, but at the end of the day, like where, where we are, are now, like, you know, we we ended up where we were supposed to be um so it's not the it, it's not the end of the world um but i think that that might have been you know if i could go back in time it would have been like hey get get more money because there, there's there's more opportunity out there for you that you can capitalize on earlier had we had that mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if that's necessarily the case today but you know if i had a time machine that would have been something i, I would have maybe done differently yeah i would say uh things are going pretty well considering you yeah. you, you opened the third one right you opened your th- speaking of covid yeah. and everything yeah, uh, I, I don't it's hard almost to find one, two, three. Like we, we currently have three buildings that we operate out of within our campus. And then we, then we opened up another brewery um, on route 50. So like literally now, if you take a, 
a-hole, depending on what side of the street you're on. But if, if you if you head east out of our building and you just keep driving on that road for, you know, 80 miles, you will literally run into another 50 west on Route 50. It's, it's pretty cool. Right. You can make a road trip out of it if you, if you wanted to. Right. You hit all of them. Um, so when you were opening uh, your third one, uh, it was about like April when they kind of shut everything down or more March, right? Uh, yeah. So whose idea was it that uh, there was a little operation that you guys had where you kind of set up tents? Yeah. So, I mean, COVID, COVID's the best thing that ever happened in my life. It's the hardest thing I ever had to go to go through, but it was literally the best thing that has ever happened in my life. Um, so when COVID hit, uh, I didn't know what to do. Like here, I, here we are, you know, we've got, our brew pub can't be opened up. We were, we had, I don't know, 40 employees 30 40 employees there right so we had to we had laid all the employees off because they couldn't work to earn income which was horrible um and what we would do is like every day i would come into work and i would just watch our revenue stream you know it was it was gone we had like a little bit coming through distribution so we just started having to let people go and it was it was it was horrible it was literally just like every day was a nightmare like i I couldn't i stopped sleeping um and I just, it was just this panic of like, what, what are we going to do? How does this work? You know, when's the world going to come back to normal? Right. Yeah, um, for sure. And we were in, we were in the midst of opening up this thing. We, we called it the burger bar, but essentially it was this, it was a, a tie into our campus that was going to be designed a little bit more towards families. Um, and it would think of just like a, a, a 1950s root beer stand. We were going to open that up within a brewery, like take those two things and smash them together. So Very cool. And it, it was cool. It was a great idea. But so COVID hits and then it's like, all right, well, we can't open something if, if the government doesn't allow us to be open. Um, and so we're laying people off and we're laying people off. And I was down to like, I had, I had four restaurant managers that were left and they, they, oh, at this point they were just cleaning. Like we were cleaning everything. Um, and we ran out of stuff to clean. And so I was going to have to let them go. And I remember trying to go to bed that night and I'm like, here these people are. I've watched them like, on their hands and knees scrubbing the inside of ovens and and just like doing everything they could to to just try to keep this place alive. And I was like, we don't have the revenue stream to keep this alive. Um, And I'm gonna have to let them go. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I was like, I can't do it. And so I was like, well, what can I do to be able to keep them? And so the only option was to try to open up (laughs) this, this burger stand in the middle, you know, burger root beer stand in the middle of this crisis right um and so i started calling my vendors and i was like you know the guy who had to get the sign done or, or our food vendor and this is i don't know if you remember when it was like uh are you um what was the word that they were using are you a necessary it was not necessary. essential 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 employee remember yeah. the essential employee where yes. everybody's like am i essential am i essential? Yeah. you know right so this is right at the essential employee thing where they're going to do this thing. So I just call, started calling these vendors and I'm like, look, I don't care if you make signs like you're essential to my business, which makes you necessary. And so I, I would, I would call and I threaten them and say, you know, either we get this done or I have to let people go. And whenever I would say that they would get it done. It was amazing. Right. It, was like, yeah. it was like this crazy thing. Um, and so talking out the heartstrings, you know, Oh, it actually got like real bad. I, we, we we had a milkshake machine that got delivered and I needed to get like milkshake mix and I couldn't get it. And I went into Dairy Queen. So I walk into this Dairy Queen and there's like this like 15 year old girl working behind the counter and, and it's the middle of COVID and, and, uh, 
I'm like, I need you to give me your Dairy Queen mix. And the girl's like, I can't do that. I was like, I'll buy it from you. And she's like, I can't do that. I was like, if you don't give me the Dairy Queen mix, people are going to get fired. And the girl's <laughs> like, I'm going to have to call my manager. And so, so she, she gets on the phone with the manager and the manager, I'm, I'm almost positive. They said like, like, look, I'm going to call the police. Like tell this person. So she's like, he's got to call the owner or whatever. And at that point I kind of picked up like, okay, I, what I just did was, was insane. Like I can't keep doing this. Right. So I, I walked out of the store. I didn't get any of that. And no, no shame next, but Hey, no, you try. That's, that's the entrepreneurial spirit. You know what I'm saying? It was just, do whatever you got to do. Like right. that was at this point, and at this point, it wasn't even about fighting for my business. Like it was a personal thing about keeping my employees employed, and it's something that I for for nine years. I you know maybe I took it for granted. I don't know what it was, but like it was this mission for me where it was like I don't care if there's this pandemic. I have you know it's my job to help provide you know, for your families, for your lifestyle, whatever it is. But like, that's what I do. And that's what I pride myself on. And mm. now I'm going to be challenged in the worst way possible or in the hardest way possible to do that. And it was like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I don't, I, you know, either, either I'm going to, either I'm going to go to jail or I'm going to figure this out <laughs> like, at that point in my head. That's what was going on. Cause the, you know, the County was like telling me I couldn't, you know, permits were approved or whatever. And I was like, I'll, you know, if, if this is going to prevent my people from making money and being able to take care of themselves, like, and I remember thinking in my head, like, I'll go to jail. Like, I'll go to jail before I before these guys stop me because, you know, they're not going to pass a permit because they're, you know, whatever. Right. So, long, very long story short, I when I went to our staff, we all started working seven days a week. And there was no breaks. And it was, it was, in, it was insane. But everybody was – they were on board with it. And um, I told them, like, I can't promise you this is going to work. But, like, this is what we have to do if we want to keep our people keep our people here and they all just they, our people were just so fantastic and they all just were working and you know we were working like crazy and so we opened up the burger stand and at the time I figured that we needed to do in order to be able to support and, and at this point all job titles went out the window so it was like if you, you know our sales manager yeah, I don't care if a sales manager you now work as the cashier at the burger stand right. you know our graphic designer you're making ranch dressing in the back like whatever we time, have to time do, to adapt a Time yeah, to adapt, so, right? And everybody did it, and it was right. amazing. So, so they, um, so I told them at the time, I was like, "Look, I think we got to do about twenty thousand dollars a week to support our payroll. Like, that's that's the number we need to hit out of this to go burger stand. Like, we were just, you know, and and um, I remember our Max Fram. He's he's our vice president over here at Fifty West, and you know, he started with us as a post way back in the day when we first started, and he's right. done every job you can imagine here. But he came to me, he's like. He's like, do you think we can do twenty thousand? And I was like, honestly, probably not. But but at this point, you know, I don't know what else to do. So that's the number we have to hit. Let's go for it. And if we fail, we fail. And you know, everybody gets fired. Fifty West goes away. Or I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. But it, you know, we at least have to try at this point. You know, we don't have any other options. So um, we opened that stand, and people just started flocking like you wouldn't believe. Awesome. And, it awesome. was incredible. And so they, uh, they ended up our first Saturday that we went there. I'll never forget this. Um, at the end of the night when we printed the ticket in, in one day, uh, we did $21,000 in business wow. in selling to go cheeseburgers. Phenomenal. It was, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> and, and all of us in that room, I mean, it was a, from the moment we opened the door to the moment that, 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 you know, we closed, it was nonstop food and beers flying down the line and people just showed up and they supported and our staff, it was like, I mean, it was like an out of body experience when everybody was like looking around at each other, like, 
oh my god, I can't believe this is real. Yeah, this is really happening right now. Is this real life? It it, it literally (laughs) was like, like you know, here we were, like what? And and you know, there was weeks and weeks of just this crazy. You know, just talk to my staff about it because it was this. It wasn't this when I talked about the opening of our business and how everything was kind of just like fun and you know it kind of just flowed perfect. This was the exact opposite. This was this was like, hey, we think we're open tomorrow. Oh, the fire chief's not letting us open. Hey, uh, we're gonna do to go. Hey, like we every day was just this chaotic thing and everybody just just rolled with the punches and we figured it out and uh, it ended up. You know, today we we employ more people than we've ever employed in our life. Uh, COVID, we had probably our best financial year ever during the, during the pandemic. Um, and, 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 uh, our staff is, uh, you know, I think I'm sitting here in our, in our office, our graphic designers over there. I don't think they want to go back to making ranch dressing anytime soon. No, probably not. Everybody appreciated it. And it also gave everyone appreciation for, for all the different levels of jobs here because, uh, you know, when we had to start over from scratch, essentially, um, and, and, and you, and you work through that stuff. It's just, it's, there's a different, different level of appreciation and a different level of, uh, passion for what we do on a day-to-day basis. So, right. Yeah. So like, I know that was real long winded, but it's, it's no, that's that's a great, that's a great story, man. That's, uh, that's impressive. It's truly impressive. I am, uh, I'm in in awe of all of it, but, uh, (laughs) but I mean, obviously besides COVID, um, you know, before all that happened, was there something that you never thought you were going to have to deal with uh, when coming into this industry? Yeah, so so I started with two partners. I said in the beginning, and it's just me now. Um, and you know, partners are tough. I think that was that was one of the biggest struggles was um, as you grow, like both success and failures. Um, partnerships are a hard thing, and and you know that was something I had to work through. You know, we I started with two other partners. Um, the first one that we started with, so that they were brother-in-laws and initially the first one went off to do, you know, our success kind of led to like almost like rifts within our partnership, uh, because it kind of, it, it kind of gets into like, who's, why, why are you having success? Is it because of, you know, am I the one creating success? Or are you the one? Right, and so right. all these opinions and stuff start getting formed. And so, um, within our first, I think it was the first the first partner within the first year decided to go out. He wanted to, to, to do a, he wanted to do his own thing. Almost like, you know, it's, you know what it's real similar to? And I would say this craft, craft beer and like the music industry. Are, like, <laughs> Synonymous. It's kind of this, right. Like they always like, you know, you see, you see the brands like, you know, they'll, uh, once they get popular, people start knocking them. Right. right. Like that's how the music industry is too. Yeah. It's like, you know, when, it, when they're indie, people are into them and then they get too popular the people start knocking them. Um, and I think that this is like a similar scenario with bands. It's like, you know, when bands start having success, all of a sudden it's like, you know, they start going off and maybe it's just, you know, boy bands. Right, right. Maybe. <laughs> they start possibly. going off and doing their, you know, everybody, they start, they separate. It's, it's hard to stay together, right? Everybody wants um, to be Beyonce, you know? Y- y- exactly. That's right. So like we're sitting there looking at each other like, who's Beyonce here? <laughs> um, and so I, with my first, with the first partner, that split, um, that one was, I think, you know, him and both him and I were both real alpha personalities. Uh, he's awesome. He was awesome. Like that we wouldn't be here today without him. Um, but I think that it became a like, Hey, there's, we have two alphas here and, 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 uh, you know, he wanted to go do his own thing and, and, you know, that, that led to him leaving. Um, and then my other partner, uh, brother-in-law, that was more of a, um, I think, it wasn't the same scenario. Like he was more passive in nature, but I think when things started getting crazy, it was like, you know, we had to start working at a different level. And I don't think, I don't think the entrepreneurial thing 
you know, when he looked at it, it was like he loved beer and he loved brewing beer and he loved that piece of it. Right. But I don't think he loved the um, the drain that owning your own business can have. I know that sounds weird because you know most people out there probably want to own their own business yeah, someday. It's not like, easy though. It's not for everybody. It definitely isn't. Yeah, you know? it, it, it's it's twenty four seven. There's a lot of pressures going on, and, right. and um, and I think that at the end of the day, he kind of looked at it and, and said, you know what, I, I don't want that. I don't want that to be my life. Um, I don't want those pressures. I don't want that. And so, you know, he went his separate way uh, around 2015, 2016. And then, you know, it's just been me since 2016. Gotcha. So, um, I mean, I'm sure, you you know, dealing with all this and dealing with everything all together, uh, there comes a time where you probably need a mental break. I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but how important is that for you? And what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, COVID was a uh, COVID. I had a full mental break. <laughs> COVID, I, I, you know, it doesn't it seem a, like it. You were probably <laughs> like, you seem to be pretty racked over it. You know, like, what do I got to no, do? How am I going to do I this? Mean, it was a, literally like it, that, that pushed me to like an insane level. And I'm married. I got, I got wife and kids. Right. Right. Um, and thank God for my wife. She recognized it and was just like, look, you know, you're not sleeping. And, and part of it is almost like, I don't know. I, part of me looks at it as I've got that, I, I have that manic drive in me, which is, is a, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing and a curse. Like if I want to get stuff done, I can figure out how to get it done. Right. But at the same time, like, you know, you might be dealing with a crazy person. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Um, <laughs> so I, I think COVID that was like pushed to the edge. Like that was, that was like the, the most pushed I've ever been. And the, what, what it made me realize like, Hey, if we need to move a mountain, I like, we can move a mountain, we can make that happen. I think with my life right now coming out of COVID, um, you gotta have some balance and I'm trying to balance that with my kids and my family. Um, I try to make sure that I, I go to my kids' soccer games and, and I'm doing that stuff. And I'm really looking at, at this year, 2021, you know, I want to make sure that I, I, I put a little time aside for my family and my friends. Cause I think that that, that really was put on hold all last year. Um, but that, but it was necessary. Like, like my family knows that that was, that was something we had to do. And so, um, you know, right now I, I think I, I look at, spending time with my family and as, as sort of my, my opportunity to take my break from my business. But at the same time, you know, for anybody out there looking to start a business, it's 24 seven and you got to understand that, that you're responsible for, you know, I have 120 other people. And, and I think with, within any business, the most important thing, like as a leader of a business is to make sure that your employees feel heard. They need to know that their voice is heard. Like that's, I think it, it, 99% of the time when frustration arises in, in a workplace setting, it's that, that, the, the person's voice is not heard and and that's a frustrating you know scenario to be in for anybody when you know you're you're, you're committing your life to something that you you don't feel your voice is heard so right. that's something that I, I want my employees to know is like hey you know your voice is heard and if it's not heard like we need to fix that because you know that that's I think that's what leads to successful companies are the ones where, you know, the employees, they feel like that they know that their voice matters um, and that they, they have the ability to make a difference and that they have an outlet for that. So I, I try to, I try to provide that to my employees as much as possible. Right. For sure. So, I mean, you, you're on year nine, right? Where, uh, yeah, year so nine. what do you think has been the biggest uh, change in the industry? Let's say in the last five years um, amongst breweries. I think breweries have there's so much opportunity there. Um, I think that the breweries are becoming a lot more um, 
I don't think you can look at something as a brewery anymore, right? Like it, there, there's a lot more specialization happening within within the brewery space. So when I started in 2012, a brewery meant that you brewed beer, right? Right. Um, yeah. And I think in 2012, especially in, in Ohio, uh, if you brewed beer, that was pretty specialized. Like that was something that, that people would seek and they'd want to see. Um, and I think in today's world, what, what we, you really need to look at is like the idea that you brew beer, um, that's not enough. Uh, you can't just brew, you know, not only do you need to brew a, a solid product that tastes good because customers are more educated than ever before, right. um, but but you need to have an offering to those people, um, something past beer almost. So, and, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could just be as simple as like, hey, the community that you live in doesn't have the opportunity. So like, we'll chill, use Chillicothe as an example. When we went there, it was so awesome. That's a small town in Ohio for those of you guys that don't know. So right. our second brewery we built, you know, Cincinnati's a relatively large, I mean, we have NFL football, we have right, baseball. Right. You know, Chillicothe, Ohio, that's a, that's a small town. Um, and what was neat was when we went there, you know, they didn't have a brewery in that town. They had 20,000 people. So the, like their, their population wasn't even really that educated on beer, not to their own fault, but because they didn't have that ability to go into a place where they could learn about it. Right. right. Yeah, for sure. So, so we went in there, it was all about like, Hey, you know, our, our unique proposition we can offer is we're going to be able to educate this community on craft beer. And that, that was the same way in Cincinnati when we first started. Um, you know, now in Cincinnati, I think you have to have uh, some alternative things that you're offering to somebody. So whether that be, um, you know, our space, uh, you know, we have running groups that run out of here. We run volleyball leagues, we have canoe and kayak livery. Um, we, you know, we have a bike shop, we have all these unique things that we can, that, that, we can provide for people. Um, and I think that if you're looking to open a brewery now, you should be asking yourself that question. My, my brother or my brother, my cousin opened up a fairly successful brewery, um, called Zuni street out in Colorado. And I'll, I remember talking to him about it and, and I said, well, what's your unique selling proposition? And he goes, well, our beer tastes really good. And I'm like, you gotta have, more yeah, than that you now. have to have a little more than that to sell. Yeah. Right. right. Like that's, that's, and, and it can be, it, it can be the taste of your beer, right? Like if you're doing creative, unique things with beer, that can be your unique selling proposition. But Right. Just saying that you brew good beer anymore, like that's 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 your barrier to entry. Like that's that's what gets you in the door, right? Like that, that's what's going to get the customers there. Yeah. But what's going to bring them back and, and all those other things? Like you got to be more creative now than ever. Before. Right? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So um, obviously, you love craft beer. Um, what was that gate? What was your gateway beer into the craft beer world? You know. Great Lakes Christmas Ale was the one. That was the first. Great like, Lakes. Uh, okay. Great Lakes Christmas Ale for me in Ohio was the first. Um, that's what, that was like the bud. That was like the excitement, right? Like, it, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, anyone out there listening, I don't know if you have the ability to get your hands on that beer or whatnot. I mean, nowadays there's so much Great Lakes Christmas Ale around Cincinnati. That's not a big deal. But right. back in the day when that beer would come out, it was like, you know, you found it at the store. It was like finding gold and, and drinking it. You know, it just, it tasted, you know, you were excited to sit there and drink it because it came out once a year and you couldn't find it. And if you could find it, you got your hands on it. It was like, you know, it was just that special thing. Um, so I think that was the first one that I got excited about. Oberon, we talked about that earlier. Um, that was, that was my, you know, when I was traveling around the country, that was sort of one of those ones. I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is neat. Um, I think, you know, I think, it sounds stupid, but like Blue Moon, way back in the day, yeah. right? Like, like it's a commercialized version that's you know whatnot. But if you really looked at like what what that was doing at the time, um, 
that was a, that was a, a different flavor and a different taste um, that was sort of moving you down the line. Right. Um, so, you know, so that was uh, the first beer that I was like, I'll never forget the first beer that I was like, uh, wow, this is like, there's something special going on here. It was triple Carmelite. When I first had that beer, right. um, it just was, it was, it was like, it's just fancy and, and sexy. And like, I, I think that, you know, uh, that was one of the first beers I think that I really like appreciated from a flavor profile standpoint. Like when you get into Great Lakes Christmas Ale, nothing against uh, Great Lakes Christmas Ale. It's a fantastic beer. Um, but I, I would just say like, that was one of the ones that I just looked at that was just like, holy, holy crap. You know, this right, is right. a beer that I just drank that that just like, this is, this is fancy. This is like really special. Right. If somebody, I'm sure people do this all the time, but if someone came to you and asked you about opening up their own place, what would you tell them? Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, well, no, actually, I take it back. My first question would be, what are you passionate about? Right. Um, that's a, I ask that question to everybody that I, that I interview. I always, I always want to know what, what their passion is. Um, and, and if you're going to do this, uh, I think that you need to make sure that your passion aligns with it because you're going to, it's going to be a lot of time. It's going to be a lot of effort. It's going to be a lot of money. Um, and I think that if you're passionate about that and, and, and I'll use this as an example, I'm not, uh, and this will sound bad. My passion, my number one passion in life is not beer. Um, my passion in life is people. And what I love about owning a brewery is breweries bring people together. Tons right? of them. So, Tons so of them. I think that that's, being passionate about beer might not necessarily be um, the the best reason to to, to uh, start a brewery. It could it could be like a, you know that could lead to a lot of success. But um, what I love is people, and I love learning about people, and I love hearing your story, and I love all things happen. And owning your own business and beer, especially, you just get to talk to a lot of people and be around a lot of people and get to learn about about those people. And so that's what I love about, um, what I get to do on a day to day basis is, is that ability, you know, I've, I've created an opportunity for myself in life, um, where I get to, you know, be around a lot of people and learn about people. And for me, that that's what drives me. And that's, that's what makes, you know, makes me so happy to be in the position that I am today. Gotcha. So, uh, did you happen to have a funny story for us? Oh God, I've got a million funny stories. Um, What's the, could, what's, the, uh, what's the best one you got off the top of your head? Off the top of my head? Jeez. Um, <laughs> okay, so so um, when I'll, I can tell the story about when we caught the bus on fire. That was pretty fantastic. All right, awesome. Um, <laughs> we, we So we start our business, right? And I, 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 I went through this with you earlier here, but they um, when we start our business, you know, 50 West, we had this idea for this Volkswagen bus. Um, and, you know, we were driving the bus across the country. It was going to be our mascot, whatever. So we get the bus and it's, it's literally like people just love it. And we figured out how to outfit it and be able to pour beer out of it. And so, uh, I'm, I'm at an event, you know, at the end of a long weekend. And, uh, the next day we're, we're like probably we're way on the West side of Cincinnati, which I don't know if you guys know this, but probably like I'd say 45 minutes from the brewery long event. We'd sort of serve beer out of this Volkswagen bus. Um, and so the next morning we're supposed to do this corporate outing for Kroger. Like that's probably about an hour away. And I'm the guy I'm with, I'm there. I, somehow I have my like two year old son with me at the time. Um, and the other guy I'm with doesn't know how to drive stick shift. And so I'm like, all right, 
rather than drive the bus back to the brewery, why don't we just take it to the other event? It's the end of the day on Sunday. And so, uh, uh, he didn't know how to drive six, six shifts. So I'm like, all right, you drive my car with my two year old in it and I'll drive the Volkswagen. But every, I would say, you know, like five minutes or so, just pull up along the side of the bus so I can wave at my son because he doesn't know who you are. Right. And I don't want him, you know, this is a weird scenario to begin with. So, um, <laughs> so we're driving like 50 minutes into the ride and we're, you know, we're like 10 minutes away, literally one or two exits from where we're supposed to go. And he pulls up on the side of me. And he starts waving and I'm waving back. I'm like, why is he doing this now? We're going to be there in a second. And then I realized he's not actually waving at me. He's <laughs> telling me to look behind me. And I look in my rear view mirror and our entire, this is, this is like the bus that defined our brand. That was like the key to all of our success. It is, it is in flames. I'm driving down the highway and the whole back of the bus is on fire. And, and so uh, I'm like, Oh my God. And I have all of the equipment in there from the event. And so I'm pulling, I pull off to the side of the road and he pulls over with me. Well, here's my like two year old son. And I can see this fire happening. And I can also see our CO2 tanks that are inside of the bus. Oh, no. And the fire is slowly making their way up there. And so I tell him, I'm like, look, just take my son and drive as far away from here as you possibly can. I don't know what's going to happen, but like we've figured this out. So I call the fire department and all I can see is these, these, the fire slowly getting closer and closer to this compressed air mm. and our compressed CO2. So anyways, the fire department gets there and I'm like, you guys got to hurry out this thing. You know what? <laughs> so they, they just like, shut up. They, they sit me down really fast and, uh, and they go and they, you know, they blow the, the whole truck down or, you know, blow it all over and get the fire out or whatever. And, um, and they come up to me afterwards and they're like, listen, kid, they're like, that was a tank of, of carbon dioxide. Like if you would have actually opened that tank up, nothing was going to happen. If, if, if the fire got to that, other than the carbon dioxide is a fire suppressant. You could have put the whole thing out with this. With this <laughs> tank, tank of CO2. And so I always tell my, uh, I, I always tell the story, but in the movies, after your car catches on fire and all of your like important belongings have been burned to a crisp, I always envision like a blanket gets put around you and like the, like the fire department brings your mom over and like, she gives you a hug or whatever. <laughs> and that's not how it works. Like instead, all of my possessions are burnt to crisp. I'm like, look, uh, call a tow truck. You got to figure out how to get your way. <laughs> yeah. And see you later. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. Exactly. So, uh, so they sent me, uh, they sent me back to, uh, I, I made my way back to Cincinnati, uh, eventually <laughs> like 40 minutes from where we were and that bus that was our little mascot. So we ended up getting that refinished and it now sits inside of our little root beer stand. Um, and it's a, it's a four top table where little kids sit in and, and, uh, can eat their cheeseburgers and hot dogs and all nice. that stuff. So, you know, we, 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 we made good of it in the end, but it, it was, uh, it was definitely at the time pretty good. So, right. Yeah. I can concur. Uh, being a firefighter myself that when, you know, when a car goes on fire, it's kind of like, all right, grab a tow truck and uh all right we put this out and see you later sorry uh, does everybody react that way are they always like what really yeah <laughs> this like, is my problem now yeah it's time to call a tow truck and uh yeah we'll stick around for a little bit but then you you know we're out of here and unfortunately yeah. unfortunately it's, that's the way it goes it's what we could do <laughs> so i have a uh a little thing a little segment called quick fire five just five quick questions beer related Ready? Go for it. All right. One of your beers that you would recommend someone try? Oh, God. I always get this all the time. It's, it's, it depends on the weather. 
It always depends on the Well, weather. if somebody came in the brewery right now. Coast to coast. Coast to coast is our staple. I, I have to go with that. Okay. Right? Like, that's our, our staple IPA. Yeah, I would I would go because that's the one I know is going to be available. Okay. Um, but normally I would say it depends on the weather and you should be drinking whatever 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 is fitting to that. Whatever seasonal, right? Yeah, well, it just, it just, right? Like when it's cold outside and you're having a bad day, sometimes you just want to drink like a boozy stout. I like a boozy if stout. I do like a boozy stout. Yeah. 80 degrees and, and life's good and you just got back from a run. Like, session IPA or Pilsner. Right. Yeah. It, it just depends. I'm, I'm somebody that's a big believer in drinking based on mood. But if you came to 50 West right now and you had to drink a beer, I would drink coast to coast because I, I can promise you it's going to be on tap and, uh, and, and you're going to be happy. Gotcha. Favorite brewery other than your own? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Yes. Yes, um, it is. I'm going to go. <laughs> I, I know people always ask it too. Um, I have to say, I, and this is, this is probably a cop out one to some, some degree, but I have to say dogfish. Dogfish. I think like, okay. You know, when we were, I, I started my brewery in 2012, the amount of stuff I read about dogfish and all the, you know, how helpful that was. Right. Out what was going on there. Um, you know, I think that that most people that started breweries around then was probably were probably looking towards them as a um, as a as a guideline, and I think that their creativity and like they were thinking outside the box regarding beer like right. before people were thinking outside the box, and I think that's oh yeah for sure. And anyway, like Jackie O's, they're around the corner in Athens, Ohio. They helped us a ton too. Um, they were early on in the beer scene, like one of the first. Uh, Especially in Ohio, and maybe even in the country, where people people were lining up to, to for beer releases and stuff like that. Um, so I, I think that you know, I think what they've they've accomplished over time has, has been pretty neat. Cool. Barrel aged, imperial, or both? Uh, <laughs> I would go. It's it's all about mood. Um, yeah. I I would go barrel aged. I would say okay. The last beer you drank that blew you away could be your own, could be someone else's. Oh God, I'm forgetting what the Pilsner, what it was called from Jackie O's. There was a Pilsner I drank recently that I was just like, "Holy crap, this is fantastic!" It was just what I loved about it was like, I don't know. You, we talk about this a lot, but like, you get into the the you know overly fruited hazy IPAs, and you get into the you know crazy pastry stouts that are just like just loaded with flavors and it was a one-off pilsner they had that i'm forgetting the name of but there's something about a really well done pilsner that just i i like it i think it's sexy i'm just like this is this is fantastic this isn't like you know you blew me away by loading it with crazy amounts of fruit juice or, or crazy amounts of you know adjuncts it was just like a really well done beer Right. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not remembering the name. It was a it's, it's fine. It it's fine. Doesn't no exist worries. anymore, anyways. Or you're gonna have a hard time finding. So. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, uh, you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two week quarantine. What beer are you choosing? Bell's too hearted. Bell's too hearted. I actually bought a six pack of that the other day. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> it's a great. It's a great beer. <laughs> it really is really good beer. <laughs> it's I, I I'm, I'm in that. You gotta remember like. When you start a brewery in 2012, the bells and the dogfishes of the world were, were the ones that you were really looking towards. And I think that I can, when we talk about beer being like music, you know, to 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 make it through the test of time 
I kind of look at them as like a, you know, like a Rolling Stones or like a Grateful Dead. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's one of those, ba- it's like, you know, it's not overly sexy anymore, but there's something about it that's just like. Very consistent. I'm, Consistency. I'm, I'm always just going to look yeah. up to it, right? Yeah, like, right. I wouldn't be where I was today if I didn't have people like them to look up to. Um, and so I, I, I always, I think I fall back into those, into those beers um, when, when it comes to, you know, these questions you're hitting me with. Yeah. There's one that always that always uh brings me back, which is a uh, left hand nitro stout. Yes, yeah, lo- yeah, perfect. That's perfect. A, that's another one that's just a go to, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and they're, they're in that same they're in that same spectrum of time. You know, they were they were they're probably what early two thousands. Yeah. Nineties, somewhere in that range. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, they used to always do their thing. They would come through Cincinnati Beer Fest and they would put ice cream in the beer, which at the time people were like, "Oh my god, this is crazy! The greatest thing ever!" Now you know, now it's you, you've seen it a million times. But that was that was the thing. You'd go to Beer Fest and, and Nitro Style was getting paired with they they put a scoop of Creators ice cream in it. Right, right. It's good that I'm, I'm actually uh, I might make one of those this weekend. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might just make one of those this weekend. I don't know. You know. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if I have enough time. I don't know. <laughs> well, Bob, that's all I have for you, man. Awesome. Well, yeah, I appreciate you putting me on here. And, uh, yeah, for anybody out there that's listening, if you're in Cincinnati, definitely come check out 50 West. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've got a really unique thing happening uh, at our campus down here. And, and well, a lot of people come through here and are like, whoa, this is a different thing. Um, so appreciate you having me on. Yeah. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order podcast. With Bobby Slattery of 50 West Brewing Company. Thank you, man. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Bobby Slattery of 50 West Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Whether you're passing through, you live in the area, or just visiting a friend nearby, you should definitely check them out. Also, give them a follow on social media while you're at it. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe, and you'll never miss one. While you're subscribing to that, you should also check us out on social media for updates on the podcast. I'm Mike Curtin. For the Brew World Order Podcast, you stay safe out there.